Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Leap Day. So happy Leap Day to all of you out there. And if your birthday happens to be today, then congratulations to you. You're always aging at one-fourth the rate of the rest of us, for good or for ill. You may be surprised to find, I'm constantly surprised to find, that there are not a, a lot of great poems about leap year and leap day. And when I say there aren't a lot of great poems, I mean there aren't a lot of poems. Uh, the best known maybe is Mother Goose's poem about how many days each month has. And there's a line in there about February, which has 29 every fourth year. But that's about as good as it gets. Uh, I could be wrong, and I hope that I am, but my searches have never turned up uh, decent poems about the phenomenon that is this unusual day. If you know of any great leap year and leap day poems, please make your way over to our Substack page and leave those poems in the comments under uh, this episode. That will really come in handy four years from now. In the meantime, today's poem is by Howard Nemirov and really doesn't have a lot to do with leap year. It's called De Anima. I'll read it once, offer a few comments, and then read it one more time. Now it is night. Now in the brilliant room a girl stands at the window looking out, but sees in the darkness of the frame only her own image. And there is a young man across the street who looks at the girl and into the brilliant room. They might be in love, might be about to meet, if this were a romance. In looking at herself, she tries to look beyond herself and half become another admiring and resenting, maybe dreaming her lover might see her so. The other, the stranger standing in cold and dark, looks at the young girl in her crystalline room. He sees clearly and hopelessly desires a life that is not his. De Anima is the Latin title, the Latin translation, really, uh, of the title of Aristotle's great work of philosophy on the soul and the nature of the soul. The Greek is psyche, or where we get our word, psyche. Here, uh, there are two souls on display. Uh, for Aristotle, the soul and the body really aren't distinct from each other, or to try and talk about them as distinct from each other is uh, almost meaningless. The soul is what makes the body a thing, uh, what gives something its life and its uh, shape, its very identity. Uh, to talk about something missing a soul or a mismatched soul or uh, a soul without a body uh, for Aristotle are uh, not conversations that are really uh, 
meaningful <laughs> or worth having. So ostensibly we have two figures here who are bodies and souls. And there is a kind of looking at the soul then that's going on because there is a looking at the body and at the self. A woman stands in a lit room looking at herself in the reflection. This is a very cinematic uh, description we get here. Uh, a very vivid image drawn in this first stanza because she's backlit in the bright room. Uh, she can't see through the window. It uh, becomes mirrored and reflects only herself back to her. There's probably some philosophical commentary going on there or some psychological commentary going on there. Uh, she's trying to look beyond herself, and yet she keeps seeing only herself and her own reactions to that self oscillate between admiring and resenting. And maybe she's even dreaming that someone else could behold her. Her lover could see her uh, framed picturesquely uh, as she is there by the window. And lo and behold, another does behold her and does love her, hopelessly desires what he sees. And Nemirov says, the speaker of the poem says, they might be about to meet. This could be love if this were a romance. And uh, though that line doesn't come at the end of the poem, but at the end of the poem's first half, it leaves a kind of lingering ambiguity. There's almost a, a jerk or a record, record scratch there, uh, as if to say, if this were a romance, that would happen, but this ain't no romance. And yet, you never really know. Maybe this will turn out to be a romance. I don't think it closes the door on that. Uh, but it does introduce the, the surprising ambiguity, as if the poet reads your mind. Uh, the classic trope, girl in the window, boy sees girl. Everybody knows what's going to happen next. And the poet just has to interject and say, maybe you don't know what's going to happen next. She looks on, he gazes on, and then in the end, she struggles to see clearly or decide how to feel about what she sees. But he, the stranger in the cold and dark, he does see clearly. He has a critical distance that allows him to see clearly and to desire a life that is not his. Now, this could be a way of life a world and a manner of existence that is not his. He'll never belong in that brilliant room with that girl. Uh, but because Aristotle is invoked here, and what is so central to Aristotle's uh, de anima is that the soul is the life, uh, the body and the life and the soul of a person are all one, uh, the last line could just as easily mean that he sees the life of the young woman, that she herself is the life that is not his and that he desires. That's the brilliance of this poem, I think. There is this interplay uh, between the various meanings of self and soul. 
Do we perceive ourselves more clearly than another? Do others perceive ourselves in a way that even we can't? And is there any hope of those two modes of perception ever getting together? This might be love. They might be about to meet. Is such a romance possible? Is such a complete perception possible? What a fascinating question. Nemirov lifts it and drops it on our plate. And that's the end. Here's Dayanima one more time. Now it is night. Now in the brilliant room a girl stands at the window looking out, but sees in the darkness of the frame only her own image. And there is a young man across the street who looks at the girl and into the brilliant room. They might be in love, might be about to meet, if this were a romance. In looking at herself, she tries to look beyond herself and half become another, admiring and resenting, maybe dreaming her lover might see her so. The other, the stranger, standing in cold and dark, looks at the young girl in her crystalline room. He sees clearly and hopelessly desires a life that is not his. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes, to support this show, to subscribe if you haven't already, to ensure that you get The Daily Poem delivered to your inbox or mobile app every day, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.